And welcome to another episode of Let's Chat About Death. Thank you all for joining us today. Uh, hope wherever you are around the globe, you're doing well, whatever day or time that you're currently sitting at. I hope this is another episode that you can enjoy and share on and let everyone know about Let's Chat About Death. Today we're going to be talking about um, history but more so in your own family. I know that sounds a bit, uh, you know, like, wow, what, what, what can we get out of that? Well, hopefully we'll be able to get quite a few things out of this, this episode. So when it comes to your family, how many of you know much about what they did pre when you came along? Say, for example, you were, well, obviously you were born. Do you know much about the early years, pre-you coming around? And even when you were a baby, child, some people have the ability to be able to know or feel as though they know they were a part of that journey uh, moving forward. But then some don't recall any of that. And that it's not a bad thing. Um, but I guess when it comes to what we do as funeral directors or even as me as a celebrant, I need to be able to extract a lot of that information out of our families. So then I am able to then give them a beautiful celebration of their loved one's life. Majority... I would say, let me just say, just over half. So, look, let's go 75%. Find it very hard to come up with any information or any history in regards to, say, for example, it was mum or dad or even grandparents, what they used to do, what, what was their, where did they grow up, where were they born, what did they used to do, like around... Uh, the neighbourhood, because society is so different now. Each generation had a different way of a childhood. Now, I remember growing up that we could go out onto the street, we could play with the neighbours, we could do whatever we wanted, but as soon as the street light came on, and it was pretty dark back then, I think the lights came on at roughly, I don't know, 6.30, something like that. Depends on, you know, if it was overcast or not and if it got really dark uh, too quick. But that was the cue for us to come back. Now, if we didn't come back, well, then obviously you'd hear mum or someone coming out going, dinner, dinner's coming, you know. Um, and then if you, did, if you failed that, then they sent out a search party. So I don't know what happened for each and every one of you. But even to the point of the games that we used to play, Tiggy or, um, you know, basketball, cricket, cricket down the street with the bins, that was a good one. Um, and it also depends on whereabouts you were brought up. 
Now, I spent my probably first six years or five years of my life in a very cold place called Katoomba in New South Wales. Um, then because I believed to be that I was uh, asthmatic at the time, they said, you really need to go up north. The cold is really, and I guess with mould and things like that and it not being getting too hot there, it was time that we moved north. Now, we went as high as Townsville and then we lived on Magnetic Island, which was a beautiful place. Um, and I haven't actually been back since um, we lived up there. So I would be really eager to get back there and have a look. But I believe that it's more of a tourist attraction now, like very touristy rather than, I don't know, there was probably a couple of thousand people living on the island back then. And uh, it was just it was just a magical place. Um but we would, you know, we would, <laughs> funny thing was, we used to take our mum's car up the street and it was manual. Like we were eight, nine or whatever at the time. Like we just, there was no no care back in those days. Now I mean no care and like, oh, I don't give a crap. It was more like, yeah, 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 that's okay. Just don't go any further than the main street, you know, Um but they're the things that I remember. I remember the Christmas times. Um, and look, my memory of Christmas is very different to everyone else's. Um, but I remember getting, you know, the Lego denim bag that you put all your Lego pieces in. It was like a big Santa sack. Um, I remember, you know, the cars, the little matchbox cars. And my brother and I and any of the people in the street, we used to play like we had this big dirt patch and we'd make like garages and some streets and we had also, you know, we had the four-wheel drive cars, we had everything. We had all sorts of things. Wow. And um, it was really, really good times. Society has changed and now most kids are spending a lot of their private time uh, on technology now, technology has its purpose. Totally understand that. Some people are really into sport. So that's pretty much like back in the old days too, you know. Um, but more and more is on their phones, on their iPads, on Xbox, PlayStation, whatever that so happens to be, is more time spent in front of that. The... You know, where did you go to high school? Where did you go to primary school? Where did you go after that? Like what what was your first job? What was your first car? What did you like doing? What was your interest? It might have even been who your first love was, you know. I know that's silly, but it's like when? How how did you how did you meet the friends that you met? Do you still have those friends that you've met? like back back in primary school. Now, I am so luckily uh, so lucky and blessed to have Michael, which is a friend of mine, and I met him in year 4. Wow. And um now we were going to a primary school in Townsville and it was damn hot. And so we had You've probably had like tuck shop monitors or canteen monitors or – I mean things are different now because you can do everything online. But in those days is that you'd have the little paper bag and you put 
write your lunch order on the front and then you put your coins in, which now it's all tap, tap and go or direct transfer. And then you'd have this little basket and then you'd go and take that to the tuck shop. So there was two students that were in charge of that basket and they might go from from uh, level to level to get all of those baskets together um, or you might have had two representatives from each of those years. Now, the other one, which Michael and I always tried to put our hands up for, was the cold room monitor. Now, unless you lived up north, you probably never had one of these. (laughs) Just like, and I don't know if that's where the love of what I do now because of the cool rooms that we have now, I I don't know, I don't know. But it was everyone placed their lunchbox into a big tub and we would then come along with this huge trolley, collect them all, and then we would go and stack them into this cool room. Now, we would be gone for nearly an hour. So we knew that was an hour gone out of our schooling. <laughs> and I don't know I don't know what we actually lost in that hour, but you add that up over a few years. There's quite a few hours that have gone, but it was fun. And because it was hot, we were able to keep cool at the same time. Um, but, gee, did we have some fun. The other side is, like, what did you used to get up to at school? What was your, what was your thing? Um, now, I don't know, and, and I'm probably kicking myself a little bit too, because a lot of my grand, so my mum's mum, I knew that she used to be a, now get this, right, especially for the ladies back in wartime, she was actually a crane driver. So, she, yeah, she was used to be up in these big towers and she was in control of this crane that would be lifting things on and off uh, locomotives um, or even erecting things. Now, my gran probably would have been, I don't know, 20s or a little bit, yeah, 20s or so, I guess, um, doing this. Like, wow. <laughs> and then all I remember is my grandmother being elderly. You know, because as a kid you get, oh, you're old. You know, but she was she was still up there. But I don't know. I just looked at her as this. But when she was telling us stories of her being um, elderly, uh, like uh, sorry, her being uh, like a, a crane driver, and then she was involved in other processes of making certain things, um, and then her like there's all of these stories. But I. Even, even her involvement in community service events um, or community-based events, you know, what my grandfather used to do, um, he used to work at, uh, at the local base hospital but was also a mortuary technician and he used to do a lot of the autopsies. Now, um, I guess my mum my mom ended up being a registered nurse and did that for 30-odd years and, gee, she was good at it. Um and maybe that's where she got the love for that. And maybe that's where I've got the connection between all of that. Because it tends to run in a side of a family um, if it's all done correctly. So how much of your life or even your mum's or your dad's or grandparents, how much of that would you really know? Um, because that's the that's the tales that we really want to know as well like we we also want to know 
the 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 later parts of their life where that were probably more well they are it's probably more uh, um, connected to you because that's when you came along or where things started to get a little bit more fun, but the other side of it is, you know, there'd be people at that funeral, or even even if your loved one hasn't even um, passed yet, it's just talking about it, getting that vital information, and I, you know, I just want to be able to provide people with as much information as I can for them to even if they just jot things down. Remember it. Place it onto a digital recorder. Whatever it is, that's important. Because once that person goes, then it's too late. So whatever you can do, type it down. Get on the computer or get your pen and paper out. Some people are probably thinking, pen and paper, I don't write anymore. But, you know, type it all out. Where did they go to school? Where were they born? How many brothers and sisters did they have? Uh, what did they used to get up to? All of that vital information. You know, you might think, okay, um, granddad was a farmer. Or great-granddad may have been a farmer. Now, how did he become a farmer? Was his father a farmer? Was it, you know, that generous, uh, that a generational thing um, moving forward uh, and and knowing that. So that would provide, like for someone like me as a celebrant, vital information that will be able to be shared with people that are attending at a funeral. A lot of people, I will tell you now, don't have a lot of information even about the life that they've shared. And that could be for several reasons. It could be that your loved one went through a very traumatic time and we know during war and Vietnam and all of those, it was something that just was never spoken about. But if they've managed to get through some of that, some of that trauma, they may share that with you. We only learn by what movie makers do or, you know, we read in the books, but... To hear it firsthand, you know, these young, young, vibrant men and women went to war like, yes, we're going to do this for Australia. We're going to, and they went out there and they did it, especially for the Australian side. And I guess across the world, it's all, all the same. But then they came back very different people. You know, they go away with black hair, come back with white hair. Um, you know, they they used to be a very vibrant, muscular type person and now they're this little thin, uh, weepish type of person that just doesn't want to communicate. Everyone deals with trauma differently. But their stories, their memories, every time I do a service, I talk about memory. And the more we talk about memory the better we are in enabling the future generations to learn a thing or two about their family tree. How we, um, I guess, work as people is certain events that happen in our lives then affect 
how we live life. Correct? You're probably nodding or maybe shaking your head. Maybe it didn't work for you. But we tend to work on, oh, you know, oh, I got burnt by that iron or that stove and oh, just, you know, and then for the rest of your life you're having to deal with that that trauma because it's been etched into your head. So how, how do you get through all of that? How do you... And it's the same with, I guess, your family is, you know, you got Nan that's, you know, getting on um, and our trauma is going to be totally different to their trauma. So family connection, family... Uh, you may have a similar a similar story to tell. Um, then you know, uh, and, and the good th- the good thing is, I guess, is if we're similar, but not the same, then life isn't so boring. So try to try to learn as much as you can about your family, and if the people have passed then reach out to those people that are physically connected. It could be mum, dad, it could be brother, sister, uncle, whatever. Because the uncles, aunties and, and cousins, they're all going to have different stories because they're at a different age group. You know, I'm looking forward to catching up with my first cousins because it's been too long. Like my dad had a bit of a falling out with with these cousins, similar falling out to what I had with him, and I didn't get to communicate with him for nearly nine to ten years. Now, that's terrible. You're probably going, wow, that's, wow, I, I, I didn't know that. Well, you do now. So those cousins looked at my dad as a father figure, and just to let you know that their father passed away of a massive heart attack at the age of 38. So my dad was the oldest by, I think, three or four years, similar to where I am with my brother. He's, he's three, three years older than me. So he's already over the 50. I'm approaching it. <laughs> and um, which, you know, not... I don't know. You look at your life a little bit differently when you start to hit half a century. And I used to think as a kid, wow, 40, 50, oh, that's old. Oh, look at you. But, I mean, even if you said you had a lifespan of 80 years, right? And I'm only going 80 because a lot of people between 80 and 90, that's when a majority of people pass away. It's just, and, and depending on what their lifestyle is or was at the time, so I'm already in the second half of my life. That's how my brain works. I don't know how your brain works, but I've got the young mind. I believe that I'm still this big kid. Um, and that's why I put, you know, stupid things yeah, like that and, um, you know, the little uh, crowd. Um, you know, that's just me. That's me. And it's not everyone. It's not everyone. But I want my family or my kids to remember me as who I am. I want them to remember me to be that fun-loving person. Um, 
that was there and would take the shirt off his back to help others and, you know, and them, help them, guide them as much as I can. Um, I didn't have a lot of, um, I guess, parental support from, apart from probably my mum, my grandmother sort of raised us a bit too, but dad really wasn't involved in the process. But with my cousins, like I was saying before, they looked at him like a father figure and they've got stories that I'd really want to hear because automatically I'm going to go with it. Oh, well, I wasn't talking to my dad, but he was still my dad. So I'd like to learn a bit before I go or before they go because they're in their, their late 50s, 60s, you know, and talk about stuff. Talk about my nan. I didn't have a lot on my nan. Nan was dad's mum and you'd visit her and then she'd get tired and then we'd all leave and it was like a big, you know, it was like, come on, just do what we have to do and move on, which is terrible as a kid because you want to be a part of all of that. But it was very different. Grandfathers I had, so Nan's husband, he was blowing up in the war. Um, He was a commander or something and he got blown up. And my other grandfather, well, he died, uh, I think, well, we believe it was stomach cancer or something like that. Um, But in those days, we didn't have a lot of the technology to what we have now. So, you know, when it chemo and all these other things, you know, or immune therapy, it would have been like, yep, too late. We'll take this out or whatever and just quality of life. Let's just see, yeah, see how long you've got. And is that better than going through the process? I don't know. I don't know. But even to that point, not 100% knowing what he passed off. Um, And yes, I could go and get the death certificate from births, deaths and marriages of New South Wales. And that's probably something that I will do. But um, with mum passing nine years ago, ten years ago, you know... I don't know, as a kid, you don't tend to talk too much about that stuff. But in in later life, and I guess with what we do here, is you're learning so much about people's lives. I love the story. Even if I knew that person and learning something different about them, wow, there might be something total left field that you had no idea about. You had no idea about. And it just comes knocking at the door. And you gotta open that door and you need to you need to investigate that further. Don't just go, oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah. Like go, hang on, hang on. But where? Where did he come from? That's just me. That's what I would do. Um so investigate, investigate, investigate. It's vital. It's 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 I mean, if you're not interested in it, you wouldn't be listening to the rest of this podcast. You'd be going, no, no, I'm not into that. But if you are still listening, then you're interested in what I'm saying. It may, it may help you. Or you could sit here and tell me today that you know everything about your family because they're very open. And I would say that is fantastic. To be able to know everything about your family or as much as they wish to share with you, would would have been absolutely fantastic. 
So there is, um, I mean, we provide the service too, um, where, you know, those that are still living and with us can sit down and either video it or record it and be able to put those memories down for you. We have all the questions. The good thing is with that is if we were to video it and then if something does happen, then we can edit certain things with the video and be able to do them physically speaking about their life. Make it more personal towards them. Becomes a little bit more of the, you know, involving the technology side. Because when it comes to creating a eulogy and and we can only give an overview of someone's life too if you were there for years and you were just sitting you'd be able to tell it but most of the time you only have an hour to do it or even if you said two hours maximum if you went double time two hours is still not enough to be able to provide all the information but what tends to happen is we do the spoken word and then we do photos Photos with music that is significant to them or music for you that resembles them. That's where you get the millions of other stories are all combined in photos. So photos, start having a look through the old ones. I know we've all got them on our phones and we've got them on our computers and make sure you back them all up. That's all I'm going to say, back them all up. Go and double-check your phone after you listen to this. Make sure it's all there. Majority of the time is we don't print them off anymore. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'll just shoot that through to you. I'll email that to you or I'll I'll do that on Instagram or I'll do that on, you know, Snapchat or even the TikTok side, you know. Go back over those photos and um, create that. So that is telling a story, same with little segments out of a video. You know, we did a funeral not that long ago. He was a he was a muso and he was just sitting at his desk at home and he had his guitar and microphone and he was just smashing out some songs. That was beautiful and we actually played that at his funeral. And it wasn't just the audio, it was the video. It was him. And the way that he his face would resemble the words he was saying, the feeling to it. So if you do get the opportunity to record or even just the audio on a digital recorder, do it. Because how you write it down may only be half of the story, unless you're a fast writer or a fast typer. But then you've got to go back through it and edit that. Whereas if it comes out of their mouth, you can go back through that and you're telling their story, not Chinese whispers side of it, where, yeah, it could be a little bit left field. What do you reckon of that? I reckon that's a great idea. So research your family. Find out everything about them. And if you can't or they don't know, then at least you've tried. And I think it's when you do get older that you do want to know 
like why like you've got the same trait as me you've got like why am i like this or you know why are we all nurses why are we all doctors why are we all um garbos what like why do we like the same things and it might be because that's what you've grown up with but it might be that it's a family thing that you know generation generation of taking on the same same roles and responsibilities so i'm going to leave you all with that because i think that covers quite a bit of ground i mean you can't it's just research you know even what is it ancestry.com you know if you haven't got a family tree then maybe spend a little bit of money and put it out there you'll be surprised you know even how far does your family name go back and if you don't want to know the family name well then don't but there's some of you out there that will go yeah like i don't apart from my mum and dad and their parents and i don't really know like you may have even come back from you know the dark ages or you know 14th 15th century like you're just like wow you know you, you might have had a castle like the Brember name that we used to have a Brember castle, but I think it was called Bremer, Bremer Castle, and that's in Scotland. And I think as far back as what my dad researched was, I think the fifteen hundreds, fifteen or sixteen hundreds. But I'm going to probably research a little bit more about that. I want to know, unless my brother's got a, a sign in or he has the paperwork. Like I said, I lost contact, but um, yeah. Just research. Let's see what you come back with. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, hope it wasn't too boring. Um, but I just think it's important. Family, people that we love. It's important to find out about each other. And, uh, you know, when that time does come down the track, get prepared for that. And you're able to share to everyone uh, their memory. So thank you so much, everyone. And until we come back on here again, uh, enjoy. Don't forget those that are on here. We do have TikTok, Brember Family Funerals. Uh, We normally do Sundays with Brember at 8.30 Melbourne Australian time. Uh, we do have Instagram and, uh, yeah, we've pretty much got everything. Um, go and check us out on there and make any comments that you wish. Bye for now.